Amen. Welcome, ladies. Right. Welcome again to the Wailing Women Prayer Gathering. Today, we are going to talk about the relationship between the spirit, soul, and body. You know, we have talked about altars, what they are, and how they function. We have also looked at the cross as an altar of God and what we can receive when we come to the altar of the cross. Today, we are going to look at the relationship between our spirit, our soul, and our body, and the condition of the soul that can prevent our receiving from the spirit of God. Like in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, it tells us how man was created. Then the Lord formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. The breath of life God breathed into the shape of man that he created. You know, he, he, when God created Adam, he used the dust of the air, the earth. The dust of the earth was what my, how God created Adam. And then he then breathed our human spirit through the nostrils of Adam. So our human spirit came from God. So in a way, the spirit we have originally was the breath of God that gave us life. So the human spirit coming into contact with the figure God created from the dust created our soul. So the breath of life God gave us and the body of Adam was what created the soul, was what created the soul. So the spirit and soul is what gives man life. Because without the spirit, the soul will no longer exist. So this, the spirit and the soul is what gives man life. It is through the soul that man is able to be aware of his environment and express himself. Man is made up of spirit, soul, and body. In the Bible, God would often refer to man as soul. Like in, a, in the book of um, Ezekiel, chapter 18, verse 4, behold, I will read it. Behold, all souls are mine. The soul of the father as well as the soul of the son is mine. The soul whose sin shall die. So why does God refer to man as a soul? Man's soul is made up of his intellect, his reasoning faculty, our soul is the part of us that helps us to make sense of our environment. Our soul is the part that we use to express our emotions. So the behavior of an individual depends on the state of their soul. Our soul represents who we are. We use the soul to express our personality. So in a way, our personality is expressed through the soul. The soul is the middleman between the spirit and the body. That is the, the spirit world and the physical world, the natural world. The soul is what we use to express our free will. Now you understand why God says the soul that sin will die. Because for you to decide to sin, you use your free will to make that decision. And your free will is based in your soul area, which is actually our mind. 
Okay, so it is the soul that will make the choice whether to rebel and sin against God or to obey his word. Now, you see the reason why God refers to man as a soul, and he says the soul that sin will die. The soul belongs both to the natural world and the spirit world. The soul is linked to the spirit world through our human spirit. You know, so this is the reason why when you become born again, the spirit of God comes into your human spirit and dwells there. So that is how you become born again. The born, you're born again, you experience your, the born again um, conversion through your human spirit when the spirit of God works on your own human spirit, okay? So, and with the, the, with the natural world through our body, that is the soul connects us to the natural world through our body. Our body is where our five senses are in. So it's through your five senses that you will sense things from the outside world and then your soul will interpret what you have either seen or you know, heard. So this is why the soul is between, uh, works with the um, spiritual world and also works with the natural world. So we use our five senses in our body to transmit information from the outside world to the soul. It will then make sense of what we are seeing, feeling, testing, or touching. Because the soul possesses the power of free will, it will either, you know, it is able to choose which environment it wants to engage with. If it wants to engage with the spirit realm, that is, if it wants to obey God's word, it will do that. But if it wants to engage with the natural world, it will do that also. But if it wants to engage with the natural world, it will do that. And the way it does that is by picking up what the prince of the air is transmitting in the world. And then when he picks it up, the, the, the thought of what he's picking up from the world will then you know, be transmitted into our mind and the thought will come. And you know, a man, the way a man acts is the way he thinks. You will think and then you act what you are thinking. So that is how the soul, um, the devil can use the soul to um, hold man in bondage. Okay. So this is the reason Paul tells born again Christians in Romans 12 verse 2, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by renewing our mind which is part of our soul and bringing it into alignment with God's will, we can then manifest God's thought through our own mind into the natural world. Okay, what Paul is saying there is because our free will is in our soul. So he's telling us, don't act the way the world acts because we use our five senses to pick up what the prince of the air, that is what the devil is transmitting into the world. And when we pick these things up with our uh, five senses, that is our eyes, you know, our nose, our, our, our ears, 
in even our taste buds and our hands, the things we touch. The things we touch, like let's say, for example, now your eyes. If you keep, if you're constantly watching things that have not of God in this world, your eyes is taking that in and you will start to think about it in your mind. And as you think about it in your mind, the devil is using your thought to build his altar in your mind because of those things you're seeing. That is why Jesus said that the eye is the gate of the soul. That's how, you know, how bright or how um, clear is your eyes. Because your eyes, if you're taking in something good, if you're constantly taking in righteous things, you are not staining your vision or even what you're hearing is very important, you see? Because if you're constantly hearing the word of God and you're meditating on what you are seeing, you are building yourself a righteous altar. But if you're constantly watching demonic, demonic films, you are watching pornographic things, things that are not of God, the devil will use it and build his altar in your mind because you will constantly be thinking of the things you see. So that is how you make sense of your world around you. Do you understand that? Hallelujah. Yeah. Okay. So as we said, because the soul possesses the power of free will, it is able to choose which environment it wants to engage with. If it wants to engage with the spirit of God, it will do that. But if it wants to engage with the natural world, where the prince of the air is transmitting all sorts of things from the um, realms of the demonic. It will also do that, okay? Yes, as we said, this is why Paul said that we should not conform to the things of this world. The things of this world is coming from the realms of the demonic. So the way the world behave is, you know, we should not behave like that because we are different. We are Christians. We are from a different kingdom. That is what Paul is saying to us. So we should act the way the people of the kingdom of God act. You know, that's what Paul is saying. We should not conform to the, to the ways of this world. So a renewed mind is crucial for a successful Christian life. God's spirit uses our mind where the soul is to bring the things of the kingdom into the natural world. Satan also uses our mind where the soul takes the things of this world through our five senses, as we spoke about, you know. So the condition of our soul will determine the type of relationship we will have with Jesus, the Father and his spirit. The soul of man is very important to God and to Satan because this is the area where they build their altars. The, you know, you may be, you, you can hear about strongholds. Strongholds are actually altars because it's through strongholds that the enemy uses to control people's life. And it's also through altars. Altars and stronghold are the same, okay? They're the same um, thing, just different ways of expressing the same thing. So God requires a soul that is obedient to him has a repentant, a broken, and a humble and a contrite heart. A soul that is willing to submit to the spirit of God for sanctification. Sanctification is when 
your, you submit your soul to the rulership of Jesus Christ, his spirit then cleanses you and he uses his word to do that, you know? So every Christian, when you become born again, the process of sanctification then starts. It then starts. A soul that is willing to live a holy and a godly life. This type of soul, God will use to manifest his presence in the world. Remember, the presence of God can only come through our soul. That is through our free will, our mind, you know? So if your soul is clogged up with the things of the demonic, the spirit of God cannot come through to the natural world. You know, you may be born again in your own human spirit, but because your soul is banged up, it's like, um, you know, when you have a stream and there is a narrow area in that stream and there is log jams along that narrow area. So the, the, the water from the other end, from the top, the top end of the stream cannot flow to the lower end. That is how it is when your soul is clogged up with the things of the kingdom of darkness, okay? So this is the reason deliverance is so important, okay? You know, my sister Joyce was saying that there's some ministries that don't believe in deliverance. They don't believe in deliverance. So I'm saying the reason deliverance is so important, we have given our life to Jesus and come under the rulership of the kingdom of God, we need to give Satan back everything that belongs to him. Everything he gave us when we were living in the world with him. We give him back his spirit of anger. We give him back his spirit of unforgiveness. These are things that the enemy sends our way when we were living in the world. So once we become born again Christians, we renounce the things we did to give him legal right to come into our life and bring these things, this stuff, you know? So we give him back these spirits in the first place. So deliverance is very important in the life of a born again Christian. Deliverance is very important. You know, sometimes when I hear that people don't believe in deliverance, I don't understand why people will say Christians do not need deliverance. Are they saying that demons cannot inhabit Christians, you know, yes, demons may not be able to inhabit your born again spirit, but your soul has not been born again. Your soul has not been cleansed of the things of the world, of the things the enemy brought into your life. It is still there. Okay. So, you know, when I read the scriptures, especially, you know, the gospels, I see that a large part of Jesus's ministry was deliverance. A large part of his ministry was deliverance. He was going about casting out demons in people. So how do, you know, how do we interpret these scriptures? Like in Matthew 10, verse one, I'll read it. He says, Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. You know, when you look at this scripture, you know, you see the order of things. First of all, you preach the gospel of the kingdom first. So the people can have the faith to receive because without the, 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 the gospel being preached, faith will not come. Remember what the scripture tells us that faith comes 
by hearing, hearing what? The word of God, the real word of God. When the real word of God is preached, faith will come to people. The reason faith needs to come because they cannot receive from God without faith, you know? And the only way to get that faith is by hearing the real gospel being preached, okay? So that is the order. Then you, you know, once you have preached, then you cast out the things Satan has planted in the souls of the people, the evil spirit working in their lives. Then you pray, asking the Lord to heal the damage these evil spirits have caused in the people, in the lives of the people, which can manifest as sickness and disease, or it can manifest as stagnation, no progress, you know, poverty. These are the things the devil brings to us. You know, when we sin, when we sin. So God needs three things to make these things happen. To make what things happen? To make his kingdom to manifest. He needs these three things. One is a soul whose will is totally submitted to him. Totally submitted to him, just like Jesus submitted to the father. Okay, when we look at uh, the scripture in Luke 22, verse 42, which says, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nonetheless, not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. Okay, because God cannot override our will. Our will is free. That is why we need to use our will to submit to him. If we do not use our will to submit to him, we'll be rebelling against him. And when we rebel against him, his spirit cannot come through our soul and then touch the people around us. Okay, so this is the reason why Jesus is saying that we need to carry our cross and follow him. And as I explained in the previous um, video, uh, meeting, carrying your cross, is a symbol of total submission. That is, you crucify yourself, you crucify your free will at the cross. It is no longer about you. It is no longer about what you want or what you want to do. The reason Adam fell from grace is because he chose his own free will over God's free will. That was why he fell. He decided to do things his own way and not God's way. And when a person decides to do things his own way, the spirit of God will just leave him and let you get on with whatever you want to get on with. Okay. So the second thing the Lord will need from his people, first of all, first and foremost, is a will that is totally submitted to him, a soul that is totally submitted to him. Then the second one is the second thing the Lord needs is his word. He needs his words to be preached. He needs his word, the real gospel, to be preached, okay? The message of Jesus Christ, crucified on the cross, needs to be preached. Why do you think it needs to be preached? Because the people need to know that Jesus has defeated Satan at the cross. Because what Satan is using to hold people in bondage is fear. They have the fear of death. People need to know that Jesus has defeated death. 
he rose again from death on the third day. He has the keys of Hades. Satan does not have the keys of death anymore. So these are the things that need to be preached in order for people to be convicted of their sin and for them to repent and accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Because without him, there, there, you know, without accepting him and believing in him and walking according to the way he has stated in the Bible, people will just end up in hell. And a lot of, you know, I believe some of the doctrines we are hearing in our churches, then they don't emphasize the need of repentance and sin and the crucifixion, the, you know, the crucifixion of Jesus on the cross, why he has to die. If, if he did not, if, if um, God, you know, if people can get to heaven through any other way, Jesus did not need to die. God himself did not need to come down here as a man and hang himself on that cross in order for their sins, our sins to be forgiven. You have made a, a, you know, another way that is no dramatic and horrible as the death Jesus died on the cross. It's unimaginable. It's unimaginable, okay? So people need to hear the real gospel being preached. That is how the conviction will come and that is how faith will be built. And with that faith, they will be able to receive from God, okay? So the third thing the Lord needs the, you know, for us to make people aware, the spirit of God uses the word to minister in the heart of the people. So if we do not have an altar where we give our sacrifices every day, where we invite the spirit of God to come and then the word is then preached. What the spirit of God does, he uses the word of God to convict people. So if the spirit is absent and you're just reading the Bible and proclaiming the Bible, there'll be no change. Without, because without the spirit, what is in the word cannot be released. Remember at the beginning of creation, God was there, he had the word, but he also had the spirit. The spirit was hovering over the earth, waiting for God to release the word. So the spirit will act on the word and release what God has implanted in the word. And remember, Jesus said that the word he speaks to us is spirit and it is life. So you need the spirit of God to act on the word of God to release the life that is in the word of God. So without these two things working together, without the power working in the word, and if the word is not being preached, because if people are busy preaching about their self, about their kingdom, about their own, you know, whatever empire, God will not act on that. He will, his spirit only acts in his word, his word, his word. That's why our churches is full of unbelieving believers. They don't really believe because they don't know the truth. They don't know the truth. So we need the spirit of God uses the word to minister in the hearts of the people, bringing about conviction and repentance of their sins. Now they have faith to receive from the Lord. Now that the people have repented of their sin, the devil's legal right has been removed 
the spirits no longer have any right to remain in that person's body. They can now be cast out. They can now be cast out. So after the demons have been cast out, you then ask the Lord to heal the damage the demons cause to the body. This is why deliverance is very crucial. You know, it's very crucial. It's very important in our churches. It's important that churches should be having deliverance ministries. They first of all, they have to have, you know, a preaching ministry that preaches the real word of God. It's by the people knowing the real word of God, would they have faith to then receive, you know, first of all, they are convicted of their sins. They repent of their sins. And then they have faith to truly receive from the Lord, to truly receive. So, you know, when a person's soul is clogged up by Satan's altars and strongholds, God cannot use that person until there is complete repentance, renouncing and pulling out of Satan's altars in that person's soul to clear the pathway for God's spirit to flow out and to do what he needs to do, you know, in our world and in our life, in our life. You know, in the book of Jeremiah, God said to Jeremiah that he has called him as a prophet. And what he demands Jeremiah to do is to uproot and pull out. So what is Jeremiah uprooting and pulling out? Jeremiah is meant to pull out the altars of devils that are in people's life. You know, he pulls them out and he uproots them, uproots them. And then after uprooting them, what does he do? He then plants God's righteousness in their life. He then preaches God's righteousness in their life. You know, the Bible tells us that in the end time, that the spirit of Elijah is going to come to prepare the hearts of the people. They're going to bring the children back to their fathers and their fathers to their children. What does that mean? What it means is that what did Elijah do in the scriptures in first king? He repaired the altar of God. That was how the spirit of God then came through. Because the altar of God was broken. The altar of God was broken and the spirit of God was nowhere near. What was reigning in, in, in Israel in those days was the Jezebel spirit, was the spirit of the, you know, of, of, of contrary spirit, demons. Jezebel was, was her altar that was reigning. But when God will always raise an Elijah, in this dispensation, the Elijah spirit is here. And the Elijah spirit is preparing the altars of God. And when the altars of God has been prepared, those mighty revival that we've been talking about will then come. And one of the things the Lord said to me was, when his church is in unity, is in unity, when there is unity in his body, his spirit will then come. And, and how is the church going to be in unity? is when the altar of God has been prepared, the altar of prayer, the altar of prayer. There's uh, some scriptures I want us to read. First of all, let's read the scripture. John, 
John chapter 7. John chapter 7, I will read from verse 37 to 39. Right. John chapter 7 from verse 37 to 39. And this is um, Jesus speaking to his um, disciples. And 37 says, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him will receive for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Okay, so what is Jesus saying? What he's saying is the spirit of God that is in us, when we become born again, our spirit is awakened, become more sensitive to the spirit of God. So when we are then baptized in his Holy Spirit, his spirit comes, lives in our spirit. And as we continue to grow as Christians and we continue to submit our soul for the sanctification, you know, the process the Holy Spirit will use to cleanse and wash all the clogs and all the nonsense and rubbish Satan has been building in our soul. So as he cleanses it and as he washes it, the more we are more submissive to him and allowing him to do what he needs to do in our soul. And once your soul has been cleared of that rubbish, of that clogged up, the water, that is this, the power of the Holy Spirit can then now flow freely through your soul to the outside world. So when you pray for somebody, the power of the Spirit within you will hit them and heal them. This is what Jesus is saying, you know? So let's have a look at the book of Acts, the book of Acts chapter one, Acts chapter one from verse four to eight, chapter one from verse four to eight. Yeah. And I'll read, it says, and being assembled together with them, that is Jesus was ascended, that is before his ascension. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the father has put in his own authority but you shall receive power when the holy spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in jerusalem and in all judea and samaria and to the end of the earth okay so we need the power of the holy spirit before we can be witnesses what is a witness a witness is somebody that says that have uh, you know witnessed something and then 
is giving account of what they have seen. So with the power of the Holy Spirit in us, this is how we'll be able to do, be a witness to Jesus. You know, so let's have a look at again, Acts chapter two, from one to four. I'll read and it says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting, where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and one that sat and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. As the Spirit gave them utterance. So you see how important the Holy Spirit is in the life of a Christian, a born again Christian. Some people are Christians, but they have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit. So if that person now pick up the word of God and start preaching the word of God, nothing will happen because the Holy Spirit is not there to act on what they are speaking. So what they're doing is just speaking words, speaking words that will not manifest anything. And this is what we're seeing in churches, in a lot of our churches. We're seeing a church that is powerless. You know, but the Lord is saying that we need to build him an altar. It's through our own personal altars, our own personal ways of living that his spirit will then come through. And when the spirit comes through, and people are praying for unity. Because this is, in those prayer points the Lord gave me in 2019, out of 21 prayer points, about six or seven is all about unity. It's about unity in his church, okay? About unity in his church. And we have read here, the Holy Spirit came when they were in one accord. They were in one accord praying at the altar in the upper room. That is how the spirit of God comes. When there is unity and the altar of God has been repaired, this is how we are going to get our revival. There's no point just saying revival, revival, revival. When there is no unity, without unity, God will not function in the church. The church has to wake up and be united in the Lord before he can send that mighty wind of revival, you know, to refreshing his people and for his people to get ready for his coming back, for his coming back. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. I think Amen. now I understand the sequence of the teachings the Lord wants us to do. Okay, I understand that, you know, before I was just doing what he's telling me to do, teach this and I would teach that. But now you can see the steps. First of all, he wanted you guys to know about altars, you know, and from the altars, how altars function. And then he wanted you to know that the cross is an altar and how important it is to teach people about the altar of the cross. And now he is telling us, you know, he's teaching us about the relationship 
between our spirit, our soul, and our body. And I think the next, um, the next, uh, next week meeting, he wants me to talk about the things that clog up the soul, okay? And then from there, I think we're going to go into deliverance. And then from there, we can then go into the prayer, the realms of the prayer and start doing that and then start praying those prayer points. But first of all, he wants you guys to go through deliverance. Okay. Amen. 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 So is there anybody want to add anything to what I've just um, shared? Um, a question. Okay. So, um, our intellects. Eh? Sorry? Our intellects uh -huh. um, is uh, a greater part of the soul, right? Yes. That is where we discern things and then now, you know, use our, uh, our free will. Yes. It's at that level. Hmm. You gave us the intellect so that we, we'll be able to discern what is wrong and what is right. Yes. But sometimes we bury the right things and choose to do the wrong ones. Yes. And that is where he also holds us responsible for every action we take. Exactly. Because we chose it. Yes. Yes. Yes, he's I right. See. While the spirit it's, uh, is kind of past, part of the divinity in us. So yes, he is. Yeah. Hmm. The, the all, all, yeah what i was going to say but all the decisions you make is, is in, in your soul. soul because that's where your free will is yeah and and because of our fallen nature sometimes our intellect works against us when we start to reason too much because mm -hmm. our intellect can you know lead us into reasoning so much that we reason out of what god wants to what god is saying to mm. us for example now you may receive in your spirit you're discerning that god is saying something to you okay mm. but and then your mind will come in and said oh, not really how can yeah. this be possible that is you're trying to reason it out with your own humanity you know uh, uh, yes, uh, that that's where my other question comes in okay so sometimes there is this one we call um intuitive uh, something yes and then the intuition comes but we it and now act on our intellect that normally sometimes is the contrary to what we felt yes in our, what is the um what is the relationship between what we call uh, okay i intuitively you know what's the connection between the intellect itself which is a greater part of the soul and then this intuition your intuition it... comes in your consciousness your subconsciousness and that is where god speaks god exactly. speaks in our consciousness that is where we hear him and then we need to allow that uh, consciousness to come into the conscious mind you know first of all like you know the reason god speaks to us in dreams when we are sleeping is because your soul is knocked out. Is you know, is not it, it, your soul cannot you know stop God from talking to you because you're sleeping. You know that is your conscious mind is gone. 
But the subconscious mind where the, the spirit of God comes, he will come in the dream and speak to you, okay? And when you wake up, that, that thing he's put in your subconscious mind will then float up into your conscious mind. And that is how you start interpreting what the Lord is saying to you. But sometimes you're, if you're not used to, you know, obeying what the Lord is saying to you, your reasoning faculty will cancel whatever God wants to tell you or tell you to do. Because what you're doing is you're leaning on your own understanding. This is why the Bible says, do not lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways, trust him. And he will lead you, you know, guide your path. Do you understand? Yeah. So the, this um, still on this intuition thing. Sometimes it's not only in your dream, even in real life, you yes, hear a voice, life, talk. Yeah. a voice talk to you. Yeah. And if you don't jump into action, sometimes it directs you to do, do that. Yes. Something you waste a lot of time. The other side of it, which is the intellect, kicks in. Yes. And start, you know, interpreting it, you know, bringing all the yes. arguments and, yes. you know, it's just something like a war within you there. Yes, then... it is. It is. It is. So this is why when you have a soul that has been cleansed of all the altars that the devil has planted in your soul, and your soul is so submissive to God. Your soul is so used to receiving from God. That's why when you see a lot of people say, oh, God said this to me. And somebody who is not used to hearing from God, they say, how can God be saying that to you? God doesn't talk to humans. But God talks to you. But the thing is, your soul has decided not to listen. There's some people who have made up their mind and told and tell their soul, you are going to do what God has told you to do. Your spirit can speak to your soul and tell you to buckle up you know, and behave yourself. You know? I like see. how in the Psalms, David, David's spirit was speaking to him to his soul, telling him to worship God. You know, why are you so downcast? You know? It's, it's up to us. It's our free will. It's free will. That is what free will is all about, making hmm. the choice whether to believe yeah. or not to believe. But if you want to allow your soul, your intellect to reason out what God is saying to you, then it's up to you as well. That's the choice you have made. Yes. Hmm. Thank you. You're welcome. For that explanation. Yes. Yeah. That's, 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 that's good. You know, this is why God functions with faith. Faith. You, you, faith is you know the substance of things not yet seen so when if god tells you this you have not seen it but the thing oh, is yeah but you believe it because you're reading his word and what the things god have done for you in the past also comes into play this is how you develop the knowledge of knowing god of trusting him even although you know, you have not um, seen him physically, but you have the things he have said to you that will come to pass in your life have come to pass. So this is yeah. what increases your faith. And the more you read his word, the more you submit to his spirit, the more you're getting your sanctification, your deliverance, and every business you have with Satan is being sorted out. You know, the more you will grow in the knowledge of God and his ways. I know the word of God. 
you know, I can read a passage of the scriptures, mm. interpret it in a way. Mm. You will also read, mm. and the Spirit may give you a revelation. That same scripture, mm. you understand? Mm. It, oh. it, it, well, God's words is, is uh, full of revelation. Yes. You may read the scripture well. over and over again, and each time, you, mm. you know, new things mm. are coming out at you from yes. that same scripture. You say, ah, well, I read this thing yesterday. I didn't see it like that. It's the way the Spirit ministers uh, to yes. us. You know, yes. like John was saying now, you know, there's the a scripture that says that there's a spirit in man which the Spirit of God gives inspiration. Mm. You know, each time you read this word, mm. the Spirit picks it, yes. strikes you in the Spirit. Yes. And it's like, ah, your eyes are Open. more illuminated. You have yes. more understanding. So the word of God is quick. It's sharp. It's sharp. And it's not, it's not a book. Mm. It's, it's living. Yes. You understand? Mm. So even if you read from Genesis to Revelation every year, every year, you will still see new, fresh new things, things yes. coming out mm. of it. And, mm. you know, it's, um, so that's why, you know, when you hear a, a preacher mm. preaching, mm. he may take a topic, mm. preach on it. Mm. The next day, he takes that same topic, preach on it. Each time he's preaching, you keep on getting God to continue to inspire you mm. with new things, mm. you know, on it. So I believe God will help us. Yes. You know, in fact, I was also actually wondering when are we going to start praying? But I know that it's important that we have the understanding of all these uh, topics you've been yes. preaching on to help yes. us to pray. Yes. You know, mm. uh -huh. we pray with understanding, mm. we pray with. Uh, that force, that dynamism which the Holy Spirit, like you're saying, now we need the power of the Holy Spirit, hmm. you know, and then the Holy Spirit is something that, just like salvation, it's what you believe in, you receive hmm. it, you believe in it, hmm. and like Christ said, that uh, when you come to him, hmm. you thirst for it, Yes, you know, hmm. just like the, the Bible in the Old Testament said, if you seek after God with all your heart, you find hmm. him. Yes. So it's also with the Holy Spirit. In fact, the, the gifts of God mm. is something you must desire. God doesn't just throw them on you. You have to, you desire them. You thirst after them. Mm. The, in, in a hand, I say, it, it flows in you and mm. with you and takes you to a much uh, higher mm. level. Yes. You know, um, like when I first became born again, it's like, ah, where have I been? Where, where, how have I even managed without knowing Christ? Mm -hmm. And the word of God is so, it's like I will just use, I'll pray, God, give me uh, 26 hours in a day so that I can read the Bible and read and catch up on what I have, you know, not been doing for so long. So mm -hmm. it's interesting. So I don't really have any questions. I understand what you're saying. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and um, as I said, I, it's, it's, it's to help us. Mm. When we really get into the, you know, mm. the realm of prayer, yes, and uh, pray for help us to mm. pray through mm. you know, and uh, eat it, mm. so that we're not just jumping from one thing. We are focused. We know what we're praying on, mm. and things like that. Yes. Okay. Yes. Thank, thank you, you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Our prayer is in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Father God, we bless your name. Worship you. We thank you, dear Lord, for the gift of life, the gift of salvation. Yes. Thank you, Father, for calling us out of darkness and translating us into your 
kingdom of light. Lord, thank you for sustaining us throughout these years. Thank you for giving us victory over life's battles, the temptations, the trials we've gone through. In all of these things, oh Lord, you have been so faithful. You have seen us. Indeed, Christianity is not a bed of roses. But one thing we are assured of, because your word tells us that thanks be unto God, who gives us the victory, who causes us to triumph over every situation. And indeed, God, who has made us more than conquerors, Father, we appreciate you. We bless your name. We, are, we, we lift you up on high. We exalt you. We worship you, O oh God. We bow before your throne. You are our God, and there is no other God like unto thee. Nothing can compare with you. Nothing, O oh God, can ask you who art thou. For you are God, and you are above all. You are the Almighty Father, our Lord and our Savior. Father God in heaven, I want to thank you for our families. Thank you for how you're keeping them. Bless your name for little Alex that celebrated his second year. Second year, yes. Mm -hmm. Two years now. We appreciate you. Bless you for this wonderful gift. Thank you for all our grandchildren and our children. Bless you, Lord, for how indeed your word assures us that you have given your angels charge over them to keep them in all their ways, oh Lord. And indeed, if it hadn't been for the Lord, indeed, if it hadn't been for you, oh God, we bless your name, Father. We thank you. We thank you for your protective power. We thank you for your awesome presence and awesome power in our lives each day, Father. As we go about our businesses, you order our steps all right. You've been so good to us, so gracious. Your mercy forever enduring in our lives. Thank you for our spouses. Thank you for our family members, nuclear member, extended members, oh Lord. We lift them up before your throne of grace. And we pray, oh Lord, especially for as many, oh God, that are yet to know you. As many, oh Almighty Father, that have not bowed their knee to you, have not recognized you as Lord and Savior, have not repented, oh God, but are still languishing and dying in sin. Father, we pray that your mercy, oh God, will avail for them. Amen. We pray that, Lord, that in your own way, Father, even the, the way you released us from sin, the way you delivered us, Father, we pray you will deliver them from the sin Amen. of captivity and give them freedom, Father, from sin, that they may come into the joy Amen. of salvation, oh God, and know you, the true and only living God. Amen. Imagine, Father, we know that by faith, oh God, as we look up to you, as, oh Lord, as we intercede for them, Father, just as many must have interceded for us, Almighty Lord. Father, we pray that you will indeed deliver them and help them, oh God. Amen. To forsake sin, repent, see their wretched state, to see how naked they are spiritually, to see how vulnerable they are to the enemy. Yes. And the Lord, through the knowledge of Christ, Father, they'll be delivered and set free in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Lord, we cover every one of our family members, far and wide, wherever they are, home and abroad with the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus and we Christ. pray that the blood of Christ will avail for them in every situation. I want to thank you, Father, for our own lives, oh God. Help us to 
strive for higher heights. Lord, even as Paul said, that he has apprehended, and yet he does not know what he has apprehended, that he wanted to know you the more, that he may know the power of your resurrection. He, he, he hungered for more and more of you, even at the height he reached, oh God, he knew that there was yet more to understand and to achieve and to gain and to possess from you, oh Lord. Heavenly Father, I pray that you always keep us thirsting, striving, hungering for more and more of you. We thank you, Father. Help us each day to empty ourselves of self and then be filled with more and more of you, oh God, of your spirit and of your power, of your understanding. That Lord in heaven, as our life here on earth will be a purpose-driven life, that we may walk for you, oh God. That while we wait, oh God, for your heavenly calling, oh mighty Father, whether we sleep, whether we through rapture, God, we pray. As we spend our life on this earth, help us to number our days, that we may indeed, oh God, seek for understanding and wisdom, and above all, to preach to others. For hearing, Lord, are we kept on this earth? When we became born again, it was as if we just go straight to heaven. But Lord, you kept us here so that others, Lord, will also benefit. As they hear your word through our mouths, oh God, they themselves will become born again and be ushered into your kingdom, the mighty kingdom of God, the heavenly kingdom, the true kingdom, which bringeth lights and life, in which truth dwell it. Father, we pray, help us multiply your grace upon our lives, oh mighty Father. Increase your very power in our lives. Help us to know you more. Help us to surrender every day unto you. Help us to walk closer and closer with you each day of our lives, Almighty God. That we ourselves will be fulfilled in the fact that, yes, that you are using us as vessels in your hand to bring about your kingdom, to bring about the expansion of your kingdom, oh God. That is our heart desire. Help us multiply your grace. Thank you, Lord, for having heard and answered us. We're not ignorant of the devices of the enemy and with the authority and the power you have given us, O oh Lord. We rebuke every form of darkness. We rebuke Amen. every demonic power. We receive everything concerning anything from the pit of hell. O oh Lord, we resist them. We smite them down. We annihilate them, O oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. In that name of Jesus, every knee must bow. Every Amen. knee of opposition, O oh God. Father, to your throne. Father, to the gospel, O oh Lord, wheresoever they are. And Father, even at this point in time, I want to pray, O oh Lord, for the brethren in India. Father, we are hearing all sorts of news, how the gospel is being suppressed, how people are being arrested because they name the name of the Lord, Father. It is not the first time. When the enemy has been fighting against Christendom, but at the end, Christendom comes out stronger and stronger. Father, we pray you will help our brethren in India and all over the world where Christianity is being persecuted. You will help them supply more grace, O oh Lord. Supply more of your unction and your anointing to help them keep to keep them going on. Supply more oil, O oh God, that they will never give up. They will never be defeated. Make them more than conquerors. And as the enemy persecutes more and more, so shall the kingdom of God work stronger and stronger in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Be that glorified in our lives. Even as we sleep this night, we pray, give us sound sleep, sound rest. Amen. We may dream of heaven, 
And Lord, as we sleep, we believe, Father, you cause us to rise up to a new day, a glorious day. Thank you, Amen. Lord, for having heard and answered us. Thank you, Jesus. Receive our worship, adoration. For in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Sister Joyce. Thank you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you, Sister. Thank you. For this meeting. And I, I believe, as I always say, that I know God is doing something here in our midst. <laughs> Amen. Because if it wasn't for God, we would not be here, we would not be gathered like this. Mm. And um, and funny enough, um, Sister Joyce, let me stop the recording. I'm just gonna...